the other thing, you know, our brand, for example, and so many brands out there, it's a personal brand. I think moving in that direction and honoring that by being sensitive to the emotions that your couples are experiencing right now is paramount. And so that means getting on the phone instead of sending an email or a, you know, a mass blast email, speaking that to them in a way that lets them know you understand how tragic this is for them. You know, the main aspect of being a success in your business is actually selling your service. Who would have thought? When it comes to videos, whether you're doing weddings, company profiles, corporate work, or ads, the fastest way to sell is to draw emotion from the viewer. It doesn't matter how good your shot or how epic the setting is. It'll be no match from the power of audio. The clear audio and music are the keys to telling and selling a story. For us, and a lot of people in my industry, the best source for high-quality music is none other than Musicbed. Musicbed has a highly curated roster featuring hundreds of artists, bands, and composers. As a Wedding Video Boss listener, you can get your first month of subscription free or 20% off of a single song purchase. Just enter the promo code no space wedding video boss when you check out. Now you could call yourself a savant, a master storyteller or whatever the heck you need to say to make yourself different. Remember, use the promo code wedding video boss or click on the link in the notes. Welcome to the Wedding Bossness podcast where we talk about the business of being a wedding creative. Bossness is defined as the epic act of proving your doubters wrong by doing everything right. If this is your first time listening, this podcast is for you, the small business owner who wants to turn their passion into profit, the late bloomer that everyone already wrote off, the boss who wants to try something different, diversify, but has been receiving nothing but resistance. I'm with you. It's hard, especially when the biggest obstacle for your success is yourself. That's why I didn't want to be the podcast to bring you the inspiration. I want to bring you the tools for execution, especially for what's going on right now. The next series of episodes were recorded last minute because I'm sure if you're listening right now, we're all at home and are days into the stay-at-home order by the government because of the COVID-19 virus. I invited some of the biggest names in the wedding industry to talk about urgent and really important topics to help you still run your business and communicate with your clients. I know this is a scary time. Everything's up in the air. The best way for us to be ready for what's coming is to be ready for the worst. Today's episode, we are interviewing Christy Rice from Momental Designs. She's here to talk about how to cultivate your brand after a crisis. Originally, the topic is how to cultivate a high-end brand from the ground up. But these are really important times. So we had to talk about cultivating your brand after a crisis. She raised a lot of really good points that we didn't even think of. And now, I can't wait for you to hear this. Christy Rice is coming up right after the intro. Hi, Christy. Thanks for being on the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. Um, so before we start, you know, I we were talking about the situation there. And it, in the last few days, you know, the, the entire country has changed dramatically. And I really appreciate you doing this last minute because people really want to hear what you have to say because everyone's in everyone's just clueless right now on how to handle everything with their brand and when it comes to when it comes to talking to their customers so i really appreciate you being here absolutely i'm i'm honored to be here so thank you so before we start i would love it if you tell the audience uh something about yourself that they'd probably be surprised to know about you 
<laughs> now you told me that this could be super silly and random, so I'm going to go with that. Um, so one thing that a lot of people don't know about me, and why would they, is that in college I got bored, which is hysterical because like who gets bored in college? Um, and I decided to go get my nail technician's license. So. Um, I am still currently licensed in the state of Pennsylvania to do nails. Oh, wow. So, um, very random and I've really never used it. So it was just really? I, I, I going to say, time. wow, that's very handy, but uh, wait, man. Yeah, I don't use it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, okay. So after taking that, I, I really love uh, origin stories. So I would love to know what your origin story is, like how you started and yeah. what you're up to right now. Awesome. So, um, you know, Momental Designs, you know, we're a stationary brand. Uh, and our story started, honestly, uh, like a lot of stationers out there, you know, is getting married and I had a vision for my invitations and I really couldn't find what I was looking for. You know, our business started in 2003-ish, you know, legally 2003, we were doing things before that. But, um, and I saw, you know, big gap in the market. I was like, no one is, you know, putting their artwork on invitations. What's up with that? And I did not go to school for marketing. I had no clue about business. I just kind of, you know, was online and poking around and I just saw this huge opportunity. And I was like, well, I'm going to do that for my own invites. Let's see how this goes. And, and that's really what I did. Um, and, and, you know, once I created my own invitations from scratch and, you know, went through the drudgery of figuring out all the process and printing and all that, I was like, well, let's put this to good use. And so at the time, uh, after I was married, I was working in retail and, you know, full time, couldn't get a job in teaching, which was what my degree is in. And uh, I was like, just kind of starting to do it on the side because I really wanted to get out of retail. And I would, you know, create orders for couples and have them pick them up at the mall where I was working. And like, it was really grassroots, you know what I mean? Um, so my, my story, the beginnings are extremely humble. Um, and honestly, I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. Wow. Um, so you've been in business since 2003. When did you um, go full time um, with your invitation business? So I went full time right around 2007, somewhere around there. Okay. Um, I was extremely cautious. I stayed in retail for quite a few years. Um, I didn't take any big leaps. It's just not in my personality even to this day. And I know that kind of goes against the grain of like entrepreneurship, you know? Um, and so I stayed, you know, in retail, then I went part-time in retail. And then around 2007, eight, I decided to go full-time, but very quickly I went full-time and then I started hiring employees very quickly oh, wow. at that time too. So. Okay. Man. So what do you think is, I guess the one thing that that really pushed you to to go full time and feel like you have to grow immediately like because you you said you hired employees right so what what do you think is the one factor that really pushed you to to go that direction I you know at that time I just remember having kind of this fire in me I wasn't that you know this inspiration this this spirit this kind of um this feeling that I was on to something, you know, mm -hmm. I, it's, it's almost unexplainable, but I, I did feel that deeply and it was something that, you know, the orders were coming in, the work was coming in, I was getting overwhelmed and it was just something that my husband and I sat down and he was like, you know, go for it. We're just going to take that leap, go full time. Now's the time you've been cautious for years you know, just, just do it. And I just very strongly in my gut felt that I was on to something. And that is the best way to describe it. And I, I've had similar feelings throughout the years of, of, you know, um, running momental designs. And I've learned to kind of trust that, that feeling of, you know, being on to something and, and following it. 
Yeah, that's that's true because when when we when we came here, we came here 2008 and you know, we we were looking at the weather of the the industry, what the industry is um the current situation of the industry at that time mm-hmm. and you know, I I wanted to ask you because when we got here, it was 2008. It was it was like before a few months before the recession hit. Yes. And since you you had the business around that time, how was your business after the recession? Like what what challenges did you face and how how long did it take you to? Because I feel like we're recording this right now during the pandemic and you know there's there's this fear among everyone. Like Bank of America, I just saw Bank of America just declared that the US is in recession, you know, something like that. Like we're we're I can't believe that we're almost back to where we started kind of technically when yeah. we had the business. So how was your business back then when, when, when the uh, economy crashed? Well, I will be very honest with you. Um, we were at that time in such a growth pattern uh, that we, and I, I feel tremendously guilty for even being able to say this, but we, our growth trajectory at the time was so, it was just so strong that we did not feel wow the effects of oh my gosh. that that's, recession. We did that's not. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that, that is something that um, I've, you know, that is something I don't ever forget get and that I think about often in the years since. Um, but we were just growing at such a rapid pace and I think offering something that was really not being offered in, in a kind of uh, mass market type of way that we were, um, we, we really just didn't feel the effects of, of that. Um, and we also were working on, uh, and we still function under kind of a, um, uh, a model of, you know, we take on a lot of work. Um, so it's, it's a situation where we don't rely on, you know, a handful of, or two handfuls of extremely large events for our yearly income. We are doing you know, hundreds of events. Right, and right. so um, that's a safe, you know, in a lot of ways that's safer. Um, and so I think, you know, those two factors are the reason why we were unaffected. That's, that's good. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember telling Stella, my wife, uh, when, when, before we started, because I was uh, helping out friends in the wedding industry and, you know, because I, we came before we we got here, I was already doing weddings in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. So when we got here, that was my specialty. So I was helping friends out, and that's what I when I told her, you know, the wedding industry after the crash never faltered. It was just it was there. There were still weddings. Yeah, it's it's yeah. kind of like recession proof. So it's not pandemic proof. That's it's not well. We'll see about that. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, that that's that's pretty much what made me realize that, you know, that as long as you have your passion, that fire, and also, I guess if you're in the right industry, it's easier to get back up. Yeah. So. Yeah, I so, I still believe that. Uh, I still believe that you know when there are crises. Now this is unprecedented what we're experiencing right now, right, but. Right. Uh, people want, people are driven to celebrate Yeah. on large scales, on small scale. And, and so I think that's why the events industry is able to bounce back more rapidly than others, perhaps. I am not an expert in this kind of like research. So I'm going off my gut and my heart here. So take it for what it's worth. Yeah. You know, it, that's, I think that's what's important when you talk to someone and they tell you a story about how they, what they went through and, you know, because gut instinct, usually as a business owner, it's kind of like important, you, you know, you can have as much numbers as you could see, but 
once your gut tells you something different, you know, yeah. it, you, you at least need to listen to it. Absolutely. So, okay. So originally our, our uh, podcast episode was supposed to be about cultivating a high end brand um, from the ground up, but then mm -hmm. th this week happened and I realized that I feel like we need to talk about it, this from a crisis point of view like post hopefully post post point of view yeah so i i now my question is i i guess my first question for you is what's what's the most important thing that people should look at when it comes to building from the ground up because we're you know for some businesses we're probably going to be building from the ground up So what's the, one of the most important aspects mm -hmm. that they should look at? I have to be honest. I, um, I'm a big believer and I alluded to this earlier and I know there are a lot of people out there that wouldn't agree with me, but, uh, especially, you know, if we're, let's call it starting over or, um, you know, like you said, building from the ground up, let's face it. Some of us, many of us are going to be starting over at some point in the future here. And I'm a big believer in being safe and taking calculated risks. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a big believer in not having the overhead that you may not need just to look good. I'm a big believer in investing in back into your business in a very calculated and measured way. So that is to say, I am not a big believer necessarily in going all out, you know, getting venture capital, getting loans, getting investors. That is not where my head and where my comfort is at. I'm, I want to be in it for the long haul. I want to be able to um, recover fairly quickly from, you know, decisions that I make that maybe don't, don't land where and how and as profitably as I thought they would. And so I like to give myself margin in my business decisions. And so that would be my biggest bit of advice starting from the ground up is to, is to not necessarily put all of your eggs in the basket and to be cautious. And so I know that that kind of thinking um, probably feels uninspired, but for me, it, it actually um, keeps me going and it makes me feel safe and it makes me feel like I can be in it for the long haul to serve the couples that I need to serve and to really make them feel safe. Right. And that's, I think um, for a lot of businesses, that's one thing that we you know, we want to stay in business for our clients, for our future weddings, you know, who've already booked. So I think I actually agree with you. I think it's wise to really take a hard look at your finances and see where you, you can allot your money, you know, if it's wise to do so right now. Mm -hmm. um, I, in terms of um, branding, um, I, cause I, I feel like, um, this can be tied into how you address um, certain issues that are coming up right now. Um, postponements, cancellations. Um, do you, what would you, um, what would you say advise someone on how to approach um, these things when, when they pop up? How would I advise someone to approach? I mean, I would say like, From a branding perspective, I would say, um, I don't know if I was clear with that question, like, um, you know, as a brand, how would you address each client? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can really just share with you what we've actually done. Mm. Uh, obviously, yeah. you know, Mom Momental Designs is not immune to what's going on in the industry. Um, stationers at large, I think, are a little bit more protected Uh, from from the immediate uh, crisis that's happening in the wedding industry because our a lot of our 
current income does not come from that month's current events, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, but, you know, something that we've done from kind of a brand commentary, a brand narrative perspective, a couple of things is just, you know, communication for our brand specifically is always number one, but we have taken it, we have just knocked it up a notch and we have just made sure that we are over communicating. We are giving our couples, you know, a lot of options to, to make that, you know, kind of that crazy decision-making process that they are going through right now, that they are in the thick, thick of, you know, to make that easier for them, to give them the, the, the certainty that they have options to consider. So that's one thing, just over-communicating in a very sensitive way. Number two, giving them, you know, not just one option, but two, three options, how they can approach this. Um, the other thing, you know, our brand, for example, and so many brands out there, it's a personal brand. My brand is tied to me, Christy Rice. My name is all over things. Mm -hmm. And so I think moving in that direction and honoring that, that face of your brand by being sensitive to the emotions that your couples are experiencing right now is paramount. And so that means getting on the phone instead of sending an email or a, you know, a mass blast email, getting on the phone with each one of your clients, um, you know, speaking that to them in a way that lets them know you understand how tragic this is for them. Right. That because you, yeah. that you get it, that you, your first concern, even if it is money and making mm -hmm. bills and all of that craziness that we're all dealing with, even if that is top of mind for you as the business owner, making sure that your couple does not feel that. I think that those couple of things I just mentioned speak so massively for your brand identity during a time like this and what you do now, what you say now, what you don't do right now is going to little, literally be the life or death of your business when these numbers of infections start going down and people start feeling more confident and start spending again. Right. Right. I think, um, for me, it, took a little while to reach out. I think I took a day or two after, um, you know, the government this recommended to 250 people or less and then 50 people or less because um, at first I felt, oh, everyone's sending them emails, you know, like little, you know, brands like the malls are and the, the mm -hmm. shoe companies are everybody like are getting all these um COVID-19 emails and I thought, oh my gosh, it, it just felt so, um, you know, kind of like not really genuine, like everyone's just covering their bases when mm -hmm. once the email started coming to me. So I didn't want to be, I don't want to, I didn't want to come across the same, like we didn't want to come across as the same. But um, I feel that when I did reach out to them, I made sure that I wrote an email very specific to them. It wasn't like a general email sent out to all of them. Um, yeah. And, every, you know, each one was like, oh, how are you doing? Oh, you're about to have a baby. How's, you know, like, how, how is that going for you? Um, and I, I know that they all were received very well. All of our clients were like, oh, I was just thinking of you too, blah, blah, blah. So I thought it was nice that we were able to open that line of communication. Um, and we were genuine about it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to, well, that's uh, when she, when Stella said that it took her two days, well, when it comes to response, how long do you think people should take when it comes to things like these? Not like when an inquiry comes, but more of like when a client has a question about this or do we reach out first? Or do we just wait for them to bring it up? You know, it's just, yeah. it's just so we, we're just so new to all of these of that we have no idea what to do. But before you answer that, I really want to talk about something that the listeners should know about. 
the Facebook group that I have created to help wedding business owners figure out specific issues about running their business, from sales to marketing to advertising, social media, no art stuff here, just all business. I know, right? It's such a great idea. If you're committed to building a wedding business that will last, you need to join this group. We'll have tips, episode transcripts, workshop information, and many more. So I hope to see you there. Just click on the link in the show notes. Okay, so what's your answer to my question? So how do well, you the, approach that, the approach that we took was we, we didn't reach out first because we know our couples, um, either their weddings were so far in advance, they weren't really worrying and we didn't want to alarm them or mm-hmm. the couples whose, whose events were, you know, really potentially highly impacted by this, they just had their hands full, quite literally. And so what we started doing was just going to our social media channels and communicating in, in those ways, in very heartfelt ways, mm-hmm. and, and just putting it out there that we are here, we are functioning at full capacity, we have solutions for you, we are going to be working with you on you know, reprints and costs and, and just all the things that we try to think about all the things all of the concerns, all of the questions, all of the fears, and address them in a more general way on social media. We are very, you know, we we wear our hearts on our sleeve on our social media accounts. And so it just, for us and our brand, it made sense to address it initially in that way. And that was done very Emails from concerned couples started pouring in and basically our team right now is, is, you know, we're working staggered hours, working from home. Um, and we are, we've kind of implemented a response at any given time that is needed. So I have been, this is, it's really against kind of what we typically do, but I have been responding to emails at all hours of the day. Um, when it comes through, if I see it, I'm going to respond to it. I'm not going to, you know, we've all been told, you know, set boundaries and, right. and, you know, don't respond to emails at midnight. No, yeah, all that's yeah. wrong. <laughs> you know, we are, we are a resource and we are an emergency resource right now for a couple's emotions. Um, and that's really how we feel. Right. Because, you know, I, I always, I'm, I'm always an advocate of telling people that we are in this business, not because, we're good at what we do, but because we're solving a problem for our clients because we're service first, right? So we're making sure that we're solving a problem for them. So when it comes to this situation, this is when they actually need us because they're torn. Like, do we ask for the money back or do we, you know, so Mm -hmm. we make sure that when you, I don't know how you feel about this, but when we contact them, when we answer their emails, should we have a solution for them already? Like, oh, uh, you know, just in case. You want to postpone. Yeah, ju- yeah, just postpone instead of cancel. Or, mm-hmm. you know, we could do an elopement instead of an actual wedding. Absolutely. Yes. You, you know, you should sit down with your team or, if, you know, if, if you're in this just uh, as yourself, you know, you should figure out um, – you know, figure out, not that you're going to copy and paste this, this language into every email, obviously you're going to personalize it, but figure out your approach because I'm always, you know, wanting to be a couple steps ahead of my couples. I don't, you know, they sent me an email. It's concerned. It's, you know, they're full of anxiety. They're going to be comforted when I respond right away with options rather than being like, Oh, Hey, that's such a bummer. I'm so sorry. You've had to reschedule. Um, let me get back to you with some ideas. No, I want to, I want to plant some seeds right away. So they have an immediate sense of relief knowing that I have considered this, that, you know, Momental is on it. We, you know, we're thinking ahead, we've got you. So I'm, I would want to have something in place. So as soon as someone gets in touch, you can give them some options and maybe those options aren't a perfect fit for them and their scenario, but at least they know that you're thinking. And you're solid for them. Exactly. You know, this, this alone, to anyone who's listening, this alone, this act alone is going to elevate your brand. I 100% guarantee you. Because not everyone is built to respond like this. So 
I'm I'm sure it's going to elevate your brand. So my next question now is um how what does it take to or is it even possible at this point in time to take your brand from established to uh, elevated to high end in a short span of time and what does it take to make to do that if ever it's possible I, I think obviously in in the climate that we're in I've said it before it is truly an unprecedented time I think what makes most sense right now is to to just lean into where you're at in terms of your brand Yes, absolutely. With your downtime, you know, you're at home, you have a lot more quote unquote free time. Think about your brand in six months. Think about, start strategizing. But in terms of trying to change your narrative during this very, very shaky, uncertain time, I don't think that's going to do your brand any favors. I don't think that's going to communicate a, a sense of uh, trust with your, with your, audience okay makes sense okay christy i have another question for you yeah so um a lot of um a lot of the wedding industry people are um thinking of ways that they could improve their business while they're not busy filming weddings um i think because they don't know how long this will last it could be the CDC just said eight weeks. So, you know, I feel like they have a lot more time on their hands. Mm -hmm. So what branding measures can they take while they are, while we are writing this out? Well, I mean, there is so much that you can do. And I, I, for one, just kind of one angle to consider with this. If you have the resources financially during this time, to support other small business owners in, in, in different ways, by all means do it. So if you've been dreaming about, you know, changing your, your website, changing your branding, changing your message, re, you know, overhauling your Instagram image, this now is the time, of course, to really dig deep into this, the planning and the strategy of that. And maybe think about locking in some professionals with a deposit. You know, I, I believe so much in generosity and I truly believe that anytime that we can be generous, of course, with our time, but also with our resources financially, especially when we're in an industry that is hurting so badly. Um, think about it. You know, you could enlist the services of even one or two professionals with a small-ish deposit. If you can swing that, it will keep your creative juices flowing, you'll have a project to be working on, and you're bolstering the, the livelihood of another professional that otherwise may not have work. So I, I would say, yes, absolutely use this time and think about ways that you can not only spend your time strategizing, planning, researching, benchmarking, but think about ways that you can be generous to others in your industry during that time. Okay. That's actually, yeah. I mean, I think even with being generous of your talents and your knowledge is such a huge um, help. Um, you know, like for you, for example, joining us all the way from Pennsylvania, I think it um, helps um, when you give your insight, um, and we get to share it with the audience that we have. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I get to practice my English too. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. I, I think that's, that's the one thing that's, um, changed with us in the past few days is we have friends in the photography industry. They, they ask if we all want to hang out on, on Zoom or Google Hangouts and we're just going to chat like we're, while they're looking after their kids. Um, we just talk about stuff that we like from different areas. We talk about, you know, how many patients are admitted now with the virus or what, what how, our, how our cancellations are. So I think it, it really 
this is like the perfect moment to concentrate on a community and like building a community or mm-hmm. at least joining one, right? I honestly think it's it's the difference, you know, really um really finding your community and finding, you know, unique ways to still be a community is the difference between surviving this mentally and not. Correct. I I'm making a very strong statement, but I truly believe that you need to be checking in on people. You need to be, you know, I've seen people doing like these cool, like Netflix watching parties, you know, in different ways. And I, you know, at first it's like, Oh gosh, that sounds silly. But then I'm like, no, wait, no, 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 no. It's brilliant. And it's, it's, it's what we need to do right now. Uh, Because so many moments of our day now are inundated. The news is literally creeping into our homes. We don't even, in a lot of ways, even if we avoid the news, it's finding us. And so we have to guard ourselves with our community. Yeah, you know, that's a good point you brought up. I just realized that in the past few days, like on day two, people are already getting cabin fever. And You know, some people are mentally breaking down on social media and mm-hmm. it's so bad for their brand. Some Ever. people, it's just crazy. Like they're debating or they're posting all these really negative things mm. about other people. And it's just, you know, it's, it's something about branding too, right? Is that, is that something that they should concentrate on too? <laughs> like oh at my least goodness. Consider- I- I cannot express this enough because, you know, I'm guilty of, I spend a lot of time on Facebook. I'm really working on myself to, to just really limit my time. But what I'm seeing as a whole from some of uh, my colleagues in the industry is startling, absolutely startling. And I'm, I'm being very candid right now. You need to find other ways to express your fears your anger, your frustrations, you know, with all that's going on and all that ties into it politically somewhere else. It cannot be. I don't care if it's your personal Facebook page or your personal Instagram account, your couples and your future couples are seeing it. They are absolutely seeing it. You need to back away. You need to you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I have no fear and I'm not concerned, but my faith and my, my narrative online is one of hope because I truly feel hope for tomorrow. So I don't put my fears there. If I'm fearful, I talk to my husband or I journal or I call up my best friend. It doesn't belong online as, as an entrepreneur, as an active business owner, it doesn't belong online. Okay, that's very good advice. Yeah, because for me, I, um, I'm also guilty. I'm guilty of, you know, putting my frustrations, but I don't really put it out a lot out there. But, but sometimes <laughs> when I do, it's just, it creates a little yeah. bit of a... <laughs> everyone's been guilty of that i don't think anyone has ever been just completely silent so no in fact i posted something the other day about all the the you know spring breakers and you know i've oh, like yeah. several times i've been like oh i should take that down but i still haven't taken it down so we're all guilty i'm not saying yeah. like i'm yeah. completely you know i'm perfect and bow to me no 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 but i, I just yeah, yeah. I, I do agree you have to have that outlet you have to have a different you know, like outlet for, to vent your frustrations, whether it's, you know, shooting some hoops, um, maybe exercising. I don't know. Yeah. Just (laughs) mopping the floors. I think you, you have to always go back to what your narrative is when it comes to your, your brand. Right. So, cause for me, my narrative is I want to educate. I want to help people. And sometimes it crosses the line to where it becomes a little bit political, a little bit, you know, personal. And thanks for saying that because now I'm like, okay, I need to <laughs> slow down. <laughs> you might need to delete. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, but I, I like your point where you said your future couples could see it. Your future and your past couples can see it, right? But also I feel like we need to talk about the other the vendors that would be able to refer you 
they're mm-hmm. also going to see that. And I think that's a bit more important than, than the actual couples, right? It, it can be. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I just think we in the industry have a responsibility to each other and to our couples to, we don't have to be fake. We don't have to have our, you know, our head in the sand about the realities of what, what is going on and, and how that will change the world forever. Because let's be honest, we're never going to be where we were before. Just as we, you know, we, there was never a return to normal after 9-11. There never was. And so here we are again at, at a point where, you know, we don't want to hide that, the realities of that. But at the same time, you are a pillar. You are a source of inspiration. You should be a source of inspiration. You should be a pillar of strength and of confidence and of, above all, trust. And I'm going to trust someone who has a level head, who looks at things from several angles. I'm going to trust someone who's not constantly complaining and speaking, you know, life into a gloom and doom type of scenario. Uh, so just be careful. Unless your, unless your narrative is a doomsday prepper. Well, true. Probably. <laughs> true story. Yeah. And it's all good. <laughs> you're on point okay so i want to ask you now because this is kind of like my dilemma too um because for those who just came in those who just started to listen we've been talking about um cultivating your brand and originally this was supposed to be cultivating a high-end brand from the ground up mm-hmm. and my dilemma has always been i've always wanted to cater to high-end couples people who could afford more than I could afford ever in my life, (laughs) you know, but I still have to be myself when it comes to my brand. So how, how far do you think I should take it when, when it comes to being myself? Because when I'm myself, I'm pretty much a goofball and you wouldn't think I do. I at least aspire to do high end brands. (laughs) Well, I love that you asked me this and I'm going to say you need to go all the way with who you are, whether you're, you know, seeking whatever this quote high end, this concept of high end is, or you're seeking couples that, you know, spend, you know, the, the average cost of a wedding. I think if you're doing, you're a hundred percent doing yourself a disjust, an injustice, if you are not going to be yourself in just in order to get what you think you want in a client. So, and also too, I think it's so important for you, for your brand to define what high end means to you and your brand. There isn't one definition of high end luxury. There really isn't. And let me tell you, just like luxury was redefined dramatically and quickly after nine 11, Luxury will yet again, high end yet again, will be completely redefined once we are on the other side of this situation. So you as a brand owner, you need to understand solidly and confidently beyond a shadow of a doubt what luxury and, and high end means to your brand or else you, you're just going to be flailing and, and have not have a strong message. Wow. Nice. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Yeah, so that means I don't have to wear a tie anymore. <laughs> if, if you wouldn't wear, if you wouldn't wear a tie to, you know, a quote fancy event. No, don't wear a tie. You need to be you. You That's can perfect. still get, you know, you can still attract couples that have more to spend by being you, there's not, you, you know, there are plenty of couples out there that have really hefty budgets, but they're still, they're still looking for someone who knows themselves beyond a shadow of a doubt. And they're going to see right through you if you're trying to pretend to be something else. They're going to see right through you. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you, you can't really, especially, well, in, in Southern California, you know, there's a lot of vendors here and you know it's just so easy to spot like every single personality like it really comes out it really pops out i think think absolutely yeah especially because there's a lot of mixers here Mm. 
Mm-hmm. We really do get to see the vendors face to face outside of a wedding. Right. In, in a month, we could be at two or three events normally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Do you have another question? No, actually, I was just going to remind you of the time. <laughs> oh, um, so so now that we've we've talked about the brand and how there is no high end. There is a high end, but you know, I I feel like high end and luxury is just really a matter of how far you want to go when it comes to your vision and how far your client is willing to spend with your vision, right? doesn't matter if they're like normal people or super rich people, as long as they, as long as they could afford yeah. I think as long as they want would want you to go for as far as you can and they're going to pay you, I think that's what the high end. Uh, and I'll tell is. you what we, you know, how I look at it, how we as a, as a, a team here, look at it. Uh, it's more about intention, the intention of our couples, because here's the thing. I, we often, I'll just give you a scenario. We work with, uh, you know, couples, they're, they're two teachers. Okay. We know what they're making and it's not, you know, teachers right. are far underpaid. Okay. Oh yeah. Paul's oh, yeah. mom they, is a teacher. His sister is. It's right. <laughs> but they are putting a massive priority on stationary. I'm just giving you a scenario. And this is one that's happened all the time. So what is the recommended, I, I don't know, what does the not say these days? Is it 2% of the entire wedding budget is stationary? Forgive me if I'm misquoting that. I'm sure I am. But it's a small percentage. Mm-hmm. We have such a majority of our couples, regardless of their income and how it compares to others, are putting a priority on their stationary and they are spending 10% of their wedding budget, 15%. Yeah. 20% on stationary. That wow. to me tells me that they are my high-end client, right. not, not their net worth. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. That's, that's right. how we look at it. Mm-hmm. And so now it, there is nothing wrong with you pursuing high net worth clients. Nothing wrong at all. That can be part of your brand strategy, but it's not mine. And so, and I, I, and it's not mine because I made it that way. Of course we, we get them and we're, we love them and we're happy to serve them, but they are not our bread and butter. Mm -hmm. And we know that we understand that and we speak to that. So you just need, again, going back to my point, you've got to know what your, your definition of high end is and you need to seek that out. Okay. Well, a follow-up to that is, um, I don't know how you feel about this, but, well, how do you feel about the importance of the circle of vendors around you when it comes to not just high-end, but, you know, if you want to be, if you want to charge more and earn more, is is having a group of vendors around you, is that a factor? Like the, the people around you that you hang out with or you work with a lot? I'm probably going to have unpopular opinion here as well. I'll just warn you. Okay. I live in rural Pennsylvania. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't, I do not, I am not part of one of these consistent dream teams and you all know what I'm talking about. There's those quote unquote dream teams out there that consistently, consistently are always working together. Five, six, seven, eight plus, you know, creatives that are constantly working together, constantly getting featured together. I love that. Praise be to you. Keep doing it. It's awesome, but it doesn't define my, that kind of interaction with other creatives doesn't define my business. And more importantly, doesn't determine my bottom line. And that for me is a safe place. I feel safer that way because I'm more so determining my bottom line. The, the one-to-one relationships that I build with planners and designers, that's going to more determine my bottom line than whether or not, you know, this group of us all has the same date free. 
And again, I don't mean to sound cavalier or callous or judgmental about these groups that happen because we all know they're also doing other work without each other. Right, right. You know what I mean? But I'm just saying don't don't get hung up on be, on creating one of those groups that that is what's going to make or break your brand and 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 that is what's going to make you a ton of money because it doesn't have to be that way. Don't focus over focus on that thinking that that's the only way to to be successful. Okay. Well, yeah, that's that's good because I've always that was the one thing I've always tried to chase is mm-hmm. to have that circle to be that, in the circle. To be, yeah. to be in that circle where I'm going to constantly, because I, the one thing I hate, because I'm a videographer, <laughs> the one thing I hate is working with photographers who I don't know, because they're usually rude to us. In the beginning. In the beginning. In the beginning yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, I just don't want that to deal with them. that. Yeah. yeah, but I don't blame them for, oh, yeah, you know, course. because they, they have worked with some videographers. They, you know, they have had bad experience in the past, hence... Hence the, tre- the... the trepidation working <laughs> with us too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and I, yeah. I love that you said that because you, we all want that feeling of camaraderie, of comfort, of feeling like part of a family. Uh, you know, we, you know, we're stationers. We're not part of day of. I've had some opportunity to be part of day of directly with, you know, live painting and whatnot. You want to feel like you're part of something. Like you are a member yes. of this, this, creative vendor family. I get that. Um, and I think there's other ways to do that. You know, going back to our specific situation, we're stationers. So it's so easy for us to get left out of everything because we're not there on the day of, but we make it a point to, we specifically, we like to find out who are, you know, cause a lot of our couples come to us directly. They have planners, but they still come to us directly because they want that relationship with us we find out who is your planner? Who's your photographer? Those are actually questions on our initial intake form that we ask because you know why? Because we want to reach out to those people. We want to introduce ourselves. We want to say, Hey, we're here and we're part of the team and we want you to rely on us. So even if you never find your dream team circle, you can still invest that time and, and, and that effort into just building relationships with the, the teams that you are a part of weekend in and weekend out. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So, um, to, I guess to end the interview, I, wrap it up, yeah. yeah, to wrap it up, <laughs> we could, if you could, um, I don't know if the, the people here have any questions. If you have, you could, you have a you could raise your hand. There's a raise your hand option here on Zoom. If not, I would love it, Christy, if you re uh, I guess reiterate how to deal with um, cancellations or post postponements postponements <laughs> when it comes to um, when it comes to trying to maintain your brand. Absolutely, I really believe in what we've seen tremendous success with. Um, just to give you kind of an idea, we have yet to have a single cancellation with our momental couples. Um, we have truly been very much vocal proponents of finding a new day. Save your event, save all of that time and that emotion and that heart and soul that you've put into planning. Don't throw it away because you're angry and you're grieving over this day that's not going to happen just as you dreamed it. Bank it, save it for later, and let's help you do that. So I think uh, really approaching it from that that kind of view, almost it's almost for us like cancellation is just not an option. Cancellation isn't even something you should consider. And now, of course, there are circumstances very tragic circumstances out there with certain couples where cancellation just seems to be the only viable option. I understand that. And I'm not trying to alienate those who are in that kind of situation, but the vast majority, and we're seeing it with our couples, they are once you need to encourage your couples to grieve what they're losing. They're losing a day that maybe was, you know, only 10 days away, 20 days away. 30 days away. They're losing that. They're losing the immediacy of that amazing 
celebration that they were so much looking forward to. They need to grieve that and you need to help them grieve that and let them know it's okay to grieve that. But then you need to give them really nice little bank of options, what they can do next. Inspire them, uplift them, help them to understand that your new day is coming and it's coming because you worked hard for it. And so, and let that, let that become your message. Everywhere you speak, everywhere you write, let that become your message. That's cool. And make sure it's on over the phone, at least not through email. Is that because I, I, feel- I would love it to be, you know, start with social media. That is a very, you know, kind of high touch kind of way to communicate with your couples. Um, and then, you know, get on the phone if you can. I do think there's a time and a place for an email blast, but I think it's not the first thing you should do. Gotcha. Okay. Just slowly and surely. Because <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, um, I remember uh, we had one friend who has is having trouble with a client canceling, and his, his dilemma is he needs to – he usually gives like 80% back of the down payment yeah. or something but he i don't Couple know he wants to do 100 percent, but then you know um everyone uh stella was suggesting that you know talk to her on the phone and you know because it humanizes you yes and yeah it's easier instead of like a very a very long email just you know just just like what you said give them give them the scenario uh let them grieve and if if you could do it over the phone, I feel like that humanizes your brand and it tells them that you're listening. Yeah. Yeah. A conversation like that, hundred percent, if there is the minute that there is any confusion or any kind of, you can sense uh, frustration or that a, a couple is pulling away from the suggestions that you're making, you need to just stop that email transaction immediately and pick up the phone. And I know it's hard and I know it's scary because you, you know, you, you feel it in your throat. Like there's a lump in your throat. Like, am I going to, what am I going to lose? What am I going to lose? How am I going to do this? But get on the phone and be real. Stop the email thread and just, and just speak to the person. That would be my advice. Okay. Thank you. Well, you know, I, I remember we were supposed to have this interview last year. And ever since that time, I've been the reading up on you and you know you uh-huh. you've just done nothing but inspire us and especially today uh you your your commitment to your craft is just really inspirational and I, I really really thank you for for being here thank you Jessica. thank you for letting me be so vocal and opinionated <laughs> oh yeah for sure <laughs> um so just in case people who are listening have any questions or if they want to reach out to you and follow you please let us know how they could do that. Absolutely. So I am an open book, happy to answer questions um, and help, you know, any of my fellow creatives troubleshoot these really tough situations. So you can find me, um, obviously message me on Instagram at momental. It's the word moment with an A L on the end, on the end. Uh, you can also reach me email Christy Rice, K R I S T Y R I C E at momental Awesome. Well, do you have anything else? Any no so no more questions to the listeners? <laughs> Nothing. Okay. I guess they're all satisfied. <laughs> oh great. That's awesome. <laughs> so Okay. Oh, she's typing your your Instagram and your email. So, thank yeah, you. thank you so much. I hope to see you in person soon after all of this has blown over and Hopefully, we wish you all the best with your family. Thank you so much. You as well. Take care, Christy. All the best to you. If you want to know more, you can join the discussion or watch the videos of the interviews. They're all in the Wedding Bossness Community Facebook group. You can find the link about the speaker and also the link to the Facebook group. Feel free to join the conversation because since this event is unprecedented, the best way to find a solution is to ask. I'll put all of the info in the notes below. Feel free to reach out and talk to other like-minded bossness people or just let off some steam. Till then, play nice if you can't win, be nice, 
Especially if you're good looking. Boss man out.